Okay, we ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. <clears throat> okay, this is <laughs> not giving that a good start. <laughs> no hiccups. I know. I realize I brought a soda in. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Very good. Thanks for joining us for another episode. I'm Keith. I'm Kate. I'm John. I'm Renee. And it's okay if you're not okay. You probably noticed a new name in our introduction. That's a big deal. We want to welcome John to the podcast. Hey! <laughs> hey guys, happy to be here. You will notice that John is not a special guest. You know that because his name was the introduction. That means he's going to be a regular host and be jumping on several episodes from here on out. Uh, so John is here because we listen to you, our listeners, who said you really like the clinical perspective that we give in the podcast as a part of our conversation. John is a team leader. That means he leads a group of clinicians and case managers in our adult services division. So, John, thanks for jumping in and being a part of our crew. Absolutely. I love talking about this stuff, guys. He just loves talking. Yes, uh, that too. <laughs> the word, yeah. I'm the president. He fits right in. <laughs> You're vice president. It, it doesn't compare to Renee's ability to talk. No. Ability. Thank you. I think this is going to work out just, just fine. <laughs> couple housekeeping items before we dig in today's topic, which we're going to talk about what it means to not be okay or to be okay. First, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Johnson County Mental Health Center or Johnson County Government. And second, thank you all for the great reviews you've been giving us on Apple Podcasts in other places. We really appreciate that, uh, and that helps us reach more people. So get onto your favorite podcasting app, give us a rating and a review, send us some feedback, and help us reach some more folks. Okay, the podcast is called It's Okay If You're Not Okay, and Renee came up with the idea, I think mostly because it rhymes with her name. <laughs> 99% accurate. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's just, come, it's come up in conversations, right? Like, Oh, what? I intentionally pitched that. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. But probably yeah. for more than just. Of course. It rhyming with your name. And so people ask us, like, and that comes up in, like conversations outside of podcast talk so where did that name come from besides the poetry class <laughs> uh i'm good at rhyming no that so that is that was I a fun i like the hook that it brings mm-hmm. but what it really it's it's kind of deep it's pretty deep i think it's a little dark if you will mm-hmm. where it truly comes from is um in my experience as a clinician in the mental health world, in some of the acute spaces I've worked in uh, here at the mental health center as well, I have experienced uh, folks who have died by suicide. I've experienced a significant number of folks who have attempted. And the one thing that I take away from all of those experience, experiences is uh, someone saying, I wish I would have known something mm-hmm. maybe was wrong or wasn't okay. And I just kind of want to scream, it's okay if you're not okay. Tell somebody. Yeah. Um, I know it's not as easy as that. I know it's not. Um, but maybe in the the redundance of our title and, and just hearing it and saying it and putting it out there, um, somebody out there listening will just recognize that uh, if I'm having a bad day, however I define it, I know we're going to talk about that stuff today. Um, it's it's okay. As generic as that sounds, um, cause I think the, one of the most heartbreaking things is when I am talking to loved ones that have lost someone to suicide and through their tears and their grief, all they want to know is, I wish I would have known. Right. I wish I would have known. Why did they I, say something? I, yeah. I can't undo that. 
Um, yeah, I like that you celebrated that. Like, it's okay. If yeah. You're not okay. You know <laughs> what I mean? Shouting. Even though we are talking about really difficult issues, yeah. it, whenever I'm approached by somebody who's talking to me about their mental health issues or the difficulties that they're going through in life, and they recognize who, you know, what I do for a living yeah. and who I am, we actually do kind of get excited because it's like they've unlocked this truth that, like, mm-hmm. if I talk about this, it gives me power over it. Um, if I talk about this, I help other people. Um, so it, it, it comes from a dark place, but it's also a celebration of the fact that it's actually a great place to be. Yes. Not okay. It's okay yes. to be there. And I'm okay. Thanks for saying that. Cause I'm okay being a mental health professional and celebrating those things. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's just, I think that's the, the joy. And I, I, I probably have said it on this podcast before is I'm made to do this work. Yep. I know mm-hmm. that and I feel that in my core. Right. Um, and so I am. I can shout it. And I, my, we're sitting here like balling our fists and <laughs> you, know, you can see none of that. I understand. Uh, but it, it really is. Uh, it really is powerful from the seat of a clinician to be able to sh- to share that uh, significance with someone of them realizing none of us are looking for them. Their perfect yeah. self. Yeah. Um. Right, their safe self. That's actually when <laughs> that's what I'm, I want. That's actually when I'm most worried about people. Yes, when, when it's like, nope, no, nothing's wrong, no, yeah. no problems. Um, I'm, I'm most scared for people at that point in time. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can have that same idea. So obviously, suicide or attempts, uh, suicide attempts are kind of the the highest end of that scale mm-hmm. of like the most significant times that you would recognize. Um, man, I really wish I would have known. But there are a lot of steps back that are just as just as significant in everyday life. And I'm thinking of a family friends who um, a couple that ends up splitting up and you had no idea until I mean, that personal experience. I had no idea there was anything wrong until after the, the marriage was was gone and, mm-hmm. and like no going back and having that same experience of, man, if they would have just told us if, if they would have just expressed that it wasn't OK we could have been there and supported them and, and helped them find that, um, find some solutions and help and, and um, helped along that process. And so it's kind of that same experience. And that, that can go down to just what you said about even just having a bad day, you know, like yes. yeah. just being able to express uh, I'm having a bad day. Right. Well, I think it's so validating, too, which is why I love that you came up with this title, because so many people aren't told it's OK, mm-hmm. whether it's from family members or friends or from their own internal dialogue. That it's okay if they aren't in the best place in that moment or if they're needing assistance. There is a sense that they have to be their best self all the time. And sometimes best self is hanging in there and saying, I'm not okay, Mm -hmm. and getting that help. So I love the conversation that's been happening. I do a lot with our K-12 through students, and this is coming up more often just from the title of the podcast when they hear about it. And they're starting to recognize and feel that they can start saying to people, I'm not okay and I need help. And so I just love that you came up with that because it's being heard at all ages and conversations are starting to happen as a result. So I thank you for that. I mean, so. I, I appreciate it. I mean, it is not rocket science by any means. And I enjoy just the total generic simplicity yeah, of yep, it yep. because it's so we can all, powerful. We can all... Mm-hmm recognize ourselves yes. in that saying yes I, yeah. I was just thinking the pressures of so thinking about why people don't think it's okay you mentioned that people don't feel like it's okay to say they're okay like some of the pressures that that make that true i think about just our desire to have 
a certain reputation at work, like in our career, and Mm -hmm. thinking about, man, if I show weakness or I have this thing going on, it's going to keep me from achieving what I want to achieve in my -hmm. my workplace or career. And several episodes ago, talked a little bit about... I think it was around New Year's. Are uh, that I'm a gamer and I and I like to uh, play uh, ga- video games, console games, uh, mobile games, and things. And after that, somebody emailed me, kind of outing themselves also as a gamer. And it was a professional connection who did that for me. I don't go around telling people that I like to play games on my phone or even you know that I have an Xbox and you know play video games with my kids and because. That seems like a really immature thing for me to, you know, and so you just, it's like uh-huh. all these reasons you don't want people to know you're not okay because mm-hmm. you think they're going to look at you differently than how you want them to see you when you're trying to build a reputation or you build a career. And now you've announced it on a podcast. Yeah, so, so everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> two podcasts now. Yeah. 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 Two podcast episodes. But that is yeah. something that, because we were talking about this a little bit before our podcast, we were kind of gearing up for this and um, some of my co-hosts here took it to a level that I didn't even really go because I was so focused on that. I want to, how do I invite people to just share? It's okay if you're not okay. And you guys, the question you guys proposed back was what's okay. Yeah. How, where is this threshold of okay that we get? How, how do mm-hmm. we, where did, if I can use your example, Keith, where did you get the idea that it might be perceived as immature to be a, a gamer as an adult? Right, valid thought, but we have these right. judgments and perceptions, yep. and you know where, where do where do we where do we get those? I think that would kind of be a cool thing to to talk about. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Definitely, one of the things that came to mind as you were saying that was growing up, like. Just even thinking about some of the emotions, like some emotions that fam- like some families are really okay with people expressing anger or sadness, mm-hmm. and then other families aren't. And so all of a sudden, expression of anger or, or the expression of sadness, so whether that be crying or um, trying to isolate yourself, going having a long time, that's like looked down upon. And so mm-hmm. people don't feel free to express those emotions. So they grow up thinking – that either being angry is wrong, bad, like immoral, yep. or or crying or sadness is mm-hmm. weakness. Uh, you need to just suck it up and do it. And so, I think our our families are might be one place that we pull on some of those ideas about what it is to be okay or what it's not okay or what it is to not yeah. be okay. Well, I'll take that just one step further. Is it also teaches from a young age? That it's not always okay to be your true, authentic self. And when you are trying to build your own mental wellness and um, sustain your mental health and all of that, you have to be able to be true to who you are. And if you're going every day and having to be someone else to the public and then getting to be your own self only when you're alone, that wears and tears on your mental health. Mm -hmm. Day in and day out, you're more fatigued. You don't feel like you can be anything but okay all the time. And so it's really empowering, not just the emotions, but just understanding that everyone's going to be who, unique to who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be part of the journey. And you have to let people be true to that. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, personality traits and just yeah, right. think about my kids, you know, aged uh, now between one and nine, four of them, not 27. Um, and <laughs> uh, and thinking Too about, soon, Keith. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> and I didn't buy any of them at Costco. Um <laughs> Uh, just thinking about how their personalities are are emerging, yeah. and how some of them are very much like me, or very much my, much like my wives, um, and other aspects of them are completely unique to them. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out 
when there's behaviors, what if what if that is just difference in personalities, and I need to be okay with that and encourage and nurture that versus what is you know the behavior I want to try and you know shape? Do you want your kids to be like yes. the the best <laughs> people ever, and you want them to you know? And so like trying to navigate that, and I say that from the parent perspective of how difficult that is to navigate that. And so there, there's challenges there that mm-hmm. often that can often shape the way a person perceives what's good or not good or okay and not okay. Yeah, our families are the first um, kind of, um, I don't know, representation of what is okay. So we we talked a little bit about openness. Um, Some some families are a little bit more closed system. And then beyond that, culture and environment. So we got our our biology, of course, and then we've got kind of the culture of our family. And then we go out into the world and we get all these other mixed messages about what's acceptable and what's not. Um, and, and, and that roots and shapes us um, as well. And I think it's important to think, too, as I'm hearing all of you speak, I'm just having all these aha moments in my head. But I think it's important to recognize that parents, friends, everyone, we're, they're doing their best to be supportive. But also recognizing that you can validate and provide empathy to someone without necessarily agreeing. And I think sometimes there's that um, misconception that if you don't necessarily agree with sharing about someone's story or sharing out that you're not okay, you can still say, I hear you. I understand. I'm listening. What can I do? And maybe that's not how you would choose to go about it, but you can still provide that support. And so remembering that Wherever you're at on the spectrum, because we all have our own beliefs, you can still validate someone else's journey and sharing whatever it is that they choose to to yeah. share. I think that's important. So, so family, the larger culture in which we are grown up in, grow up in, and to Kate, if I can maybe kind of put a word or what word comes to mind as I hear the three of you speak. I got is the social media is the internet. We mm-hmm. live in a world where that becomes almost another culture that sure. we intersect with. And so I think we've got to talk about it. I think it's, it's just as relevant. Um, I think it speaks exactly to, to Kate's point where that is a world. It is a culture <laughs> in which you can say things behind a veil. Mm hmm. Right, truly, just just be probably a lot of people are more their authentic self there in a not very nice way sometimes or not their authentic self in that I'm only showing the best pieces of me because how dare I share the not insta perfect pictures. Um, those are those are behind closed doors. So I do think it's this uh, this really dynamic world in which we live in now where it is family of origin and we've got the biology we've got culture and all of that encompasses Mm -hmm. we've got this world of technology that impacts positively and negatively what is okay and what do i do if i'm not okay absolutely and i would even expand that so i mean we obviously have talked about social media before episode eight a whole episode four we could probably do five more episodes easily on the topic (laughs) But just media in general, and I don't yeah. mean like just news networks, but I mean the books that come out, the blogs that people are reading. Mm-hmm. I was going to say newspapers, so that just yeah. aged me. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, no not, a, not at all. I mean, like, so these things shape us, and and just figuring out, you know, what you're reading and and who whose voices are you are listening to, and it's and on that, I'm not suggesting censorship or like don't read people that have different views. Of course, 
you all who have heard me talk about that, I intentionally read people with different views all yes. the time. Those are parts of what shape us and shape our understanding of what it means to be okay and what's okay, what is good, what is bad, what if those things exist or not. Right. Um, all those things are shaped not just by social media and the way people interact, but all the the mm-hmm. information that we consume through yeah. fiction and nonfiction and, and all these other things. Sometimes I also forget too that I don't have to make a decision about if something's okay or not yeah. immediately. That I can consult, I can sit on it, I can talk with my loved ones, a colleague. I get to hash some of that out. I get to, yeah, juggle it for a little while, and then I get to make a decision. And there's not the okay, perhaps a safety event. I would say there might be some immediacy, but as yeah. far as an opinion goes. I can I can wrestle with it. We live in a day and age where we're expected to have a judgment on everything immediately. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. Um, and we get frustrated if somebody we respect has not tweeted out what they think about something exactly. like immediately the same day. Yes. Or or if somebody were to say, I don't know on that. Like if a presidential candidate said, I don't know. I mean they'd be slammed for that. Right. right? Absolutely. Yep. Instead of respect for so refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> human. <laughs> I'm not the only one who doesn't know. Yes. 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 So what does it mean to be okay? What does that even mean? We talked about how yeah. our ideas about that shape, but what does it mean to be okay? It's personal. So how do, And yeah. then how do we know <laughs> when we're not being that? Who is okay? I mean, yeah. show me an okay person. I, 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 I think that there's some people that are feeling healthy and well and optimistic, but how do you even define it? And I don't think you do. And, and if, I were to, if you were to ask me how I'm doing today and I said, okay... Would you be worried about me? Yes. I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. I know it's question. not you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, only okay? Yeah. 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 Right. So here's funny. All right. We walked in to the room to record in. John said something like, oh, man, I had to you know take a deep breath before I came in here and kind of disengaged from my morning. Kate, oh, man, I'm having a morning. And I was like, I've had a great morning. And they're like, you, you're the energy we're going to go with. And so I, interestingly enough, in that moment, I was the okay one. Right. But she did finger quotes, I did by fin- the way. I'm finger quotes, okay one. And I'm 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 assuming right now that by their response, oh Renee, your energy, we want some more of that. That that might have been if they were thinking I'm the okay ones. But I want to share with them, y'all were the okay ones too. Right, right, right. right? Taking a deep breath after a tough morning, um, right? being emotionally in a different place before you walked in, all of that's okay. And they were okay enough to share that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, it's so total gray area on Keith's. Yeah, question. you didn't answer my yeah. question yes. at all. But you answered something else. So, yes. w- what does it mean? Well, I can also think about what it doesn't mean, right? Sure. So, okayness doesn't mean that you don't have problems, challenges, and are experiencing hardship. Right. Uh, right. It doesn't mean that you're that you have it all together, but it does maybe mean that you have the ability to approach these challenges and overcome them. Just on my way over, just able to take right. a, a, a deep breath. Right. Yep. The self awareness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can I maybe differentiate it? Because I, I, I love this space and I want to go back to I don't I uh, wouldn't be the mental health clinician that I am <laughs> if I didn't bring us back to some of my original thoughts about this. OK, being safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just really kind of challenging. There's there is some of this abstract. OK, the opinions, the judgments that we have, but really, truly OK in safe is that mm-hmm. you are not in a place where you want to harm yourself right. or harm someone else. And you have the intent, the plan and the means to carry that out. Uh, so I want to also just kind of throw it out there if I yeah. can, please. I know I agree. of the yeah. OK in a safety sense. Right. So, yeah. And then my mind also went to 
I'll speak for myself, knowing when I'm not okay is am I struggling to get out of bed in the yeah. morning? Am I so fatigued more than just one day? Or maybe I wasn't fatigued because I stayed up till 3 a.m. watching reruns of Bachelor, you know, taking those <laughs> kinds of things out. But maybe I got a good amount of sleep and I'm still fatigued and struggling to get up or I'm noticing changes where maybe my motivation and that will is down and seeing changes outside of your norm mm. for a duration of time could mm. also be something to look for, for when maybe you're not, I see, I still want to say you're still okay. Cause when I say someone's not okay, it still has a not negative really connotation. Using both those words. Yeah, that, that, that I'm struggling. Identifier of okay. And not okay. Yeah. We're using both of those identifiers in different ways because we really want to yeah. say when everyone's need, okay right. all the time. Because yeah. uh, you're still okay, you just need it's extra okay if you're not okay. And so, <laughs> yeah. and then there's the not okay as in I'm I'm having a bad day, or there's the not okay as in things in my life feel like they're beyond my ability to manage them, or that they're continuing over a longer period of time than yeah. what uh, is a as a safe or a long term mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about when I go to a, my medical doctor, physical doctor and I'm having symptoms of whatever sort, I always ask, at what point should I be concerned or at what point should I come back? Um, So, you know, I might go in with a cold or symptoms, sore throat, whatever, prescribes a medicine or not, just says you got to sleep it off. You know, it's a 10-day thing, virus, you know. That's usually what happens, right? You go to the doctor on day four, and they're like, sorry, it's a 10 to 14-day virus, and there's nothing we can do. But we'll take your copay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then my... Could you please put that sign on the front door? Yeah. <laughs> 10 to 14 days, guys. Yes, yes. Uh, and my my question always, with whether me or my kids, at what point should I come back in, or what, what should I look for and be worried? Um, and I think that's the same question we can ask about. When, at what point are we not okay? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily if we have a particular set of symptoms for a short amount of time. You know, like there's like a realm of normalcy in we have ebbs and flows. And there's a point in which that goes beyond what is something we're just going to get over and that we need help to do that. And can we just validate that? You know, we hear in school all the time, you know, there's no such thing as a, I'm going to say not smart since we're on a podcast, not smart question. Stupid. Yeah, there you go. I wasn't sure what our uh, language stupid. barriers were on here. Uh, say stupid. <laughs> but we hear that all the time. And it's the same thing with your mental health. You can, if you don't know whether or not what you're experiencing is considered your normal, then you call someone, you ask, you get someone's feedback who's outside of it. I love how our Johnson County crisis line has always talked about that. They have always said, even if you feel like you're not in a crisis, call us. Mm -hmm. We'll help you process through. So give them a call. If you don't feel comfortable going to a family member or a friend in that moment, we're social beings just by nature. So call them, ask them, process through. You know, you don't have to do it alone. And no one's going to judge you if you call and you say, this is what I'm experiencing. They go, you know, this isn't a crisis. I'm really thankful you called these are some of our recommendations this is what we can do to offer and then you know rather than sitting with it and going what am i experiencing is this you know what it should be and don't yes. do it alone that yeah such a great message what I, I'm, I'm just constantly telling people is you are always one phone call away from a qualified mental health professional we live in a, a pretty cool day and age where that can actually happen mm-hmm. um and and i have worked crisis lines before and it's not just people that are experiencing the crisis calling in it's family members yes mm-hmm. um it is yeah. landlords it is neighbors 
it is business owners and it's not a automated message. <laughs> you know, right. it's not like press yeah. one if, if this is happening in your neighborhood or in your right. household. You immediately talk to somebody yeah. who mm-hmm. can start to say, start to help you flush out what is normal yeah. and, and, and um, what are your options. And not every community has that. That's true. And yeah. so it's use it. I mean, that's what they're, they're there for you. I mean, I have called to help someone process through that where, you know, things have ended up being okay for them and they have left it feeling like they had someone who they've never met, but all of a sudden was like a friend to them. Yeah. They're like someone who is there throughout it. And so naturally we're going to f- worry about judgments when you Open yourself up. You're worried about vulnerability. And I just challenge anyone listening, whether you are a parent who is maybe feeling some resistance, not because of you don't want your child to admit it, but out of fear. Because a lot of our response, I'm not a parent, but I imagine a lot of parents' responses is more out of that fear-based place. Mm-hmm. And to just allow yourself to be vulnerable with yeah. someone that you know is going to be a safe support and a healthy support, and that's the crisis line. Yeah. So call, call, call. I just went on a soapbox. but Okay, so guys, here it is. 913-268-0156, Johnson County Mental Health Center crisis line. Uh, I am 24/7. grinning ear to ear. I just picked up a crisis call this morning on the line uh, as I got the privilege to to answer the lines this morning. And the f- one of the the first line out of somebody's mouth is, "I don't even know if this is the right number." <laughs> and the absolute joy that brings to yep. me is somebody answering that line. I hope I can convey in a podcast. And I said. Well, I don't care because I'm really glad you called. Yes. And you said Just the word that. privilege. Yep. Yes. And that is, that is it in a nutshell. And that wasn't written out. That wasn't scripted. So. Yep. I have that same experience, though, when a person comes and tells me about the ways they're not feeling okay. Just in everyday life, too. Yeah. And so I just feel honored that they trusted me with that information. Yes. Yep. hmm yeah, go ahead, John. When I'm effective with people, they often say, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I oftentimes return that with the exact same sentiment, and they look at me weirdly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. And they're going, what, what? You know, what is that? And I just... I couldn't have done this without you. Mm-hmm. You right. know that, right? Um, people also, uh, you know, also learn that I'm a mental health professional, and um, you know, kind of have that pity. A little, oh man, that's so tough. I'm like, no, actually, it, it really feeds my soul. It yeah. really gives back to me. And it, it, of course, I have to go about it the right way. And I have there's, right. there's a number of different things that have to go on to be able to do this work in a way that charges you up. But um, you have, you know, I, I just want to honor and thank people for being. It's open. a mutual. It's a together relationship. Both the person expressing when they don't feel they're okay and the person receiving that information and being able to to help the other person feel like they've been heard and understood and that they feel affirmed in expressing their emotions. And can we just say being effective doesn't mean you have to have all of the answers. It means that you're there and you're loving and you're validating and you provide empathy. If you've not watched Empathy versus Sympathy by Brene Brown, oh, yeah. I'm a total groupie of her. It's bad. <laughs> We've but, mentioned it in like <laughs> half of our podcast <laughs> episodes, I think. But the bear, you'll watch it and you'll understand what I'm talking about. At the end, it said, they say, I don't even know what to say right now, but I'm so glad you told me. Mm-hmm. And that's effective. Yeah. And yeah. so as you are listening, if you're like, well, I don't know how to be effective in that moment. 
just be there. Listen. Actively listen for that matter. And express, be non judgmental. Express hope that one day yeah. we will know. So mm-hmm. I, I have yeah. no clue, but I just want to let you know that I'm hopeful that yeah. we can find mm-hmm. something out. And we'll yeah. figure it out together. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to do it alone. And so I love that. This is all, I, this is exactly where so I was going to ask uh, one of you, I'm not sure, a, a question. And, and Kate just started answering it before I even asked. And it was, just, I'm again sitting here kind of in awe of my co hosts. Because the question was, we talk about this. We sit here in a mental health center as professionals. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of this a lot of the time. So for our listeners out there, what do we? how do we answer the question, what do they do when they're confronted with somebody's not okay? How, how do we just navigate this through everyday life? I can share my not okay, but when I receive that from others, what do I do with it? Uh, so now I'm... I feel like I'm on an episode of Jeopardy. They just gave me the answer, and I just asked the question. Well, yeah, to, we, to a degree, a but, but we can expand <laughs> yeah, on that. Yeah, and I think the natural inclination of people is to do something. Yeah. And that's not always the right thing to uh, do. I agree with that. So to not fix. And that's, I mean, well that just said. goes along with what you're saying there, yeah. is that actually re- relieve yourself of the pressure to fix the person's issue. You'll know in your gut when a fix is there yeah. or when an action that you can take makes clear sense that it could provide some relief to that person. Um, so I just want to take some pressure off people that, mm-hmm. that do have some heavy stuff dropped on them mm-hmm. from, from time to time. Um, is that, that sometimes the most comforting thing that people say to me, and I know it's comforting because I've said it to other people, is I'm not sure, but I'm here. Yeah. I'm here with you. Yeah. So one of the ways in which this podcast and the name of this podcast has impacted me is my willingness to say when I'm not okay. Yeah. So being authentic and uh, open um, creates the environment where others can do that with you as well. So it, yeah. it has this ripple effect. Sure. Um, and so I think that that's another piece for listeners to, to think about is is – you know, not, not everybody wants to share all the time about how they're doing, but if you can, you may have just communicated to those around you that you're a person that they can talk to. Um, and I think that, that, that that's that, that's the type of stuff that you guys are doing here and that we're doing here is being vulnerable and open and, and, and just talking about this stuff to basically create the environment in which other people can have those conversations at home yeah. um, with their loved ones, with their coworkers. And I'd be remiss not to add to and say that if I'm remembering right where we're going, the question is, how do you receive someone who's coming to you? Yes. And that also means taking care of yourself, because mm. if you don't take a moment to be self-aware about how you're doing and putting in healthy self-care and coping, because we've talked before and I was the one that, you know, mumble jumbled those up. The two are different. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we don't take that time to take care of ourselves, we can't be our best in supporting someone else as well. And if we're constantly taking all of that in, we're not going to be able to provide non-judgmental, unbiased supports to someone else. And understanding, so with that that self-awareness, also understanding where boundaries may or may not need to be placed. At what point, what's the line between this is where, this is my role in this situation and and receiving this information versus this is when I need to hand it off to somebody else or ask or help them connect with somebody else. Um, And that's not. Like sometimes that's connecting to professional help. Sometimes it's not. It's just kind of redirecting. You're not okay because you have this conflict with another person and you keep coming and tell me about it. Have you talked to that person about it? Mm-hmm. You, and so sometimes it's helping hand off that not okay to professional. Sometimes it's redirecting them to where the source of that not okayness is also coming from. Right. And I think it's a, I think it's a tough world to, to navigate i think we can talk about stigma i think we can talk about mm-hmm. you know eight, 18 different factors truly that we could have 18 different podcasts on but i go back to 
you know, what am I experiencing? What is my comfort level? What resources do I have? So when I hear screeching noises in my car, I'm not a mechanic. I typically go ask somebody for help. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's my dad. Dad, can I describe the noise? Okay. Well, Renee, maybe it's your brakes. Okay. Well, guess what? My dad's not a mechanic either. I trust my dad. Unconditionally, yeah. I'm not going to trust him to change my brakes. So <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Dad. Unconditional, unconditional no, trust, except for about Ex- yeah, except for things he has no clue yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it to a mechanic, and I really trust that when I say my brakes are making a really loud noise, the mechanic actually goes in and does some diagnostic testing because if he goes in and just changes the brakes and it was really my transmission. (laughs) Wow. You listen to the wrong person there. Okay. All of that silly analogy, maybe not silly communication is my number one. I I speak in metaphors. I I thought it was great. So that metaphor is that it's easier to talk about my car. It's easier to talk about my car yeah. not being okay than me not being okay. Go to somebody you trust. They might point you in another direction to a, to a professional. All of that can exist with the person. Yeah. Let's just, just own the fact that there are environments where it's not okay to not be okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. That, yes. That's communicated in every way where, yes. where you yes. are. There are places that you can go. There, are, there. I mean, I think that one of the coolest things about the therapeutic relationship or the mental health center or other helping professionals is that it creates an environment of confidentiality. Yes. Of, that's huge for it, people. It is so huge. And, and, and allowing uh, judgment free allowing yes. others and yourself to not be okay in that moment so that's the, really the power um of that i love it love it okay i think it's time for our wrap-up ideas hey i'm new here you guys gotta lead the way <laughs> so i think the biggest thing that i would say is one of the best ways that you can help your friends your family members tell you when they're not okay is by expressing it yourself when you're not okay and showing a little bit of vulnerability yourself really uh, inspires others and helps them to feel safe to express the same types of struggles and issues that they're going through. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, so I'll go because that one was mine. So I, <laughs> I don't want anybody to steal my second one. I, I just want to reiterate that there is a, a confidential crisis line in your community at a national level that is a safe space um, that is not going to send the lights and sirens or um, overreact or underreact or tell um, your employer. Or, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That you don't even have to share your name with us, that there's a caring individual that, um, that, that in a private space you can share what's going on and honestly that, that, that just hear yourself say it and hear that somebody's okay with that. It's available. It's powerful. It's there. I'm going to say, I'm going to keep it really generic and I'll probably get some eye rolls in here. Um, (laughs) But I just want to reiterate that it's okay if you're not okay. I know. That is so unfair because that was mine. (laughs) I'll allow it. Renee. 913-268-0156. 24-hour crisis line. It's really not my one takeaway, but that's a phenomenal takeaway. (laughs) So my takeaway is... I know that the the pressure out there in our everyday life is to display the Instagram perfect mm-hmm. us. 
And I just want to tell everybody that we know that's not the real deal. Yeah. We wow. know yeah. that Instagram isn't the only filter into our life. Uh, and we have a lot of non-Insta moments and that that's okay. See, you knocked it out of the park. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode. I'm Keith. I'm Kate. I'm John. I'm Renee. And it's okay. <laughs>